Welcome to Esoterotica's On Fire for April 28, 2021. For good reasons, the concept of passion being a flame goes back centuries. Fire is a ruiner and a method of cleansing. It can provide the warmth we need to survive the night. It can burn our whole fucking house down. A vital fire neglected can smother into nothing and embers hidden and forgotten can give birth to a new blaze. Tonight we bring you a bit of our passion. So turn down the lights, light a candle or a whole damn inferno as you enjoy us on fire. Setting sheets and minds aflame as she pours like liquid metal into her lover, our first reader this evening is Ruby Shears. Burning Edge I am a match. Strike me. Set me alight so that I may flare to life between your fingers. Hold me there. Flickering and hungry as I settle back into the steady pulse of consummation. I long to burn. To be consumed. To hiss and spit as I sputter for words. To ask for more. More wick, more wood, more air, more time. Because I can feel the end coming. Feel your fingers inching down towards safety, trying to keep me upright and long-lasting, but I was not made to feel safe. I was made to splinter and crack at just the right moment. I dream of melting, of losing my form and myself in the moment, of being here and everywhere and nowhere all at once. It is only by melting that I can be reformed, bright and shiny and new again. Or just let me crumble in the end, away into ash to be painted across your cheeks and brows so that I may seep into your skin only to be sweat out when you dance too close to the next flame. But tonight, tonight I am here. Warm in your hands, a naked and glowing ember. Exhausted and smoking and nothing else matters. Because I am still burning. And I can feel the end coming. Our flames can consume that which we hold dear and leave our love in cinders. Jeff Munsterman urges us to choose another path. 
incendiary. They will cheer on your wallowing if you let them. Encouraged to curse the soil, banish the clouds, douse satisfied, sighing, you will hear them when they say, Stop counting the dead. Tally each perceived wrong done to you until the gallery wall of chalk stars beams pristine. It will tell it to you just like this. You're finally alone. No one can hurt you now. They love them some victims and want you as their lover. Hell, everybody needs a heaven. Even heavens destined to rot like fruit. Match or accelerant, it don't matter so long as your flame consumes everything you touch. But you know what? Thinking I traded dying carpenters for dying artists too long ago to remember why. I wake up one morning, find the count off, and it comes. All that delicious lumber held around a life goes up quick. And carpenters never hammer boards together, thinking of the day flames unstitch the grains, leave nothing but ash. Fire writhes. Fire belly aches. Fire bruises, brutalizes, and destroys with the same merciless emptiness of a conquering army as bored by screams as they are confused by weeping. Setting fire to your life gets easy once you've chased away the water. But no matter how they tell it, immolation isn't safety. This is how it ends for those of us who choose full hearts over full bellies. We warm our beds with lovers for whom passion beyond any regard for bit lips or overworked blooming inner thighs is the walking on fire just because we can. It's burning not up but toward others making radiance as they dance. We're the ones who burn bright right until we're snuffed. Because we say so. Because we can only burn so long. What survives after the fire scorches and consumes all it has touched? I am Shadow Angelina. Is this pain transitory or transcendent? Heat lightning ripples over me as each morning my skin erupts to trails of wildfire and a gauntlet unfurls at my feet. I have searched and cut deep, finding myself broken and beautiful, having swallowed the moon into my smile and braiding spring into my hair. You found me here, in my ruins of Prometheus, dancing disasters, stutter steps, with blood, frustrated tears, and no small amount of hope for what may be over the next bridge. Still, you don't look away, or need to believe me whole in order to love me. I don't have to stop singing with my dead, who never stayed dead for long anyway in this city. We love and defend, even when it chews at our most tender flesh and leaves us bleeding into its sidewalks, becoming ribbons, the later stream in the wind on a St. Anne's morning. Tucked 
into the ashes, fanned to inferno by my own wings. Something fragile, but persistent, is trying to heal itself. Andy Reynolds resurrects my all-time favorite poem of his, much to my, and soon to be your, delight. Normally, I sip on your words, licking up every drop until I am full, until your words are left to trickle down my chin and stream between my breasts and down my belly. But tonight is not like that. As we sit here at this table with all our closest friends, this table adorned with cups of wine, with plates of bread and dried figs, sliced orange and honeycomb, I already know everything you're going to say. You've told me all of it. I already know this may be the last time I ever see you. So I memorize the shape of your face, the curve of your jaw, the quiver in your eyes when you see me watching you. You hate it when I watch you like this in front of the others. But I don't care tonight. Other people, people outside these walls, they call you magician. But I'm the one who pulls charms like pearls from the corner of your mouth. They call you charlatan. But I'm the one who stitches together lies and wears them as clothing. You are merely the one who disrobes me. You tell our friends you'll be dead within the week, murdered, along with other predictions that I care nothing for. They all argue amongst themselves for a while, trying to figure out some other way. But eventually it is time for them to leave. Time for us to part too, but we don't. You ask the serving girl to leave us be. Then you grab the garments wrapped around my body and pull me against you, your mouth full of hot salt and charm as you kiss me. Reaching behind me to push aside the plates and the cups, you pick me up and set me onto the wooden table, pulling apart my clothes like the wind tearing the sails from a ship, the heat of your tongue moving down to circle my nipples before traveling down between my legs and pushing inside me. I fall back shuddering, knocking bowls and cups off the table. The smell of spilt wine mixes with the scent of myself as you stir me up. My shoulders grind against the wooden grooves of the table. My fingers claw into and pull at your hair as your tongue pushes aside all my doubts and worries. Your lips caressing away the future. And then you're on me, inside me. I bite your beard in my teeth and swallow your moans as I pull my jaw away. Slowly, then spit the hairs out of my mouth. I want you to fuck me like I'm a pharaoh and you're a plague. I want you to open me up like the Red Sea and traverse through me until I am left flowing down the insides of your thighs until you can wash your feet in me. I throw you down and roll on top of you, the crash of cups and plates, joining in to chant with our moans. I dip my fingers into spilt honeycomb and push them into your mouth as I rock atop you. If the world is going to tear you up, then I will swallow pieces that they can never take. Break me in half like bread so that even in death I will be the only taste on your lips. Turn my blood to wine so that neither of us will ever be sober again. We roll back and forth across the table until you are riddled with thunder. 
until the tower that is me is completely engulfed in flame and starlight and we collapse against each other. For a long while you hold me there in the lamplight. At first I think you are the one who is shaking because the sobbing starts from so deep within me. You tell me that it'll be alright, that in the end we'll be together again in the afterlife, that you'll be with me in the world even while I am alive. You tell me to take my love for you, to cut it up into pieces and give it to the world when you're gone. I might do that, but I tell you no anyway. Your body is so tense as you hold me. I know that you are terrified, anxious, that you don't want to die. But I also know I can't talk you into leaving, into running away with me. Just as you know I can't be convinced to leave this mountain, to leave Jerusalem. You don't want me to see what the world is going to do to you, and you're afraid for my life. These are words we've swapped before. As you live, as you die, I will be in your shadow, immovable, unflinching. I am your Mary, and I will not hold you back from what you are. I am your Magdalene, and I will burn with this fire you've set in me until I am gone. Even with the sky unleashing a downpour, a baptism of mouths on mouths can ignite a spark. This is Ame Sansavant. It started raining during dinner. We were outside, but drinking more than we were eating, we did not stop. Neither did the rain. What started as a spring shower had a thunderstorm on its heels, and by the time we decided we were finished, a second bottle of wine, fairly soaked through, ordered another vodka gimlet and a third cabernet to be corked to go, there was no reason to try to shield ourselves from the falling sky. It was already falling. Who were we to stop it? So we too, motivation in hand, let ourselves fall. Words and songs and sighs later, we pulled along with dripping rainwater from wet cotton clothes, squishing from leather boots hardly five feet inside his door onto hundred-year-old hardwood floors in the bottom of a house whose corners were held up by hundred-year-old dust. Drunk on wine and the sudden, shocking weather, we made out furiously, reduced to bodies and need. We did not try to fuck. It was understood that we wouldn't without having to say so. We, wet in our nice shirts and comfortable pants, cuffs fallen loose and collars drooping, just tugged at them, clinging, as if in a tantrum, trying to simply get to skin. Brush our fingers against it, wrap our palms round curves of it, desperate just to feel it. Grab at hips, grip at thighs, gasp into mouths, frigid fingers, finding warm flesh. Hold on. Tight. Tighter. Please. We had dried a bit by the time we stilled. 
the heat of us filling the room with the scent from our damp skin and linen, wine-stained lips sore with cigarette kisses, ozone rumbles and lightning, burying our faces in one another's necks and hair we breathed it in, deep. Full-lunged pulls of it, filling ourselves with it, here, now, right here, only now. Like getting as wet as we did made us realize we were drowning, and in each other's mouths finally remembered there was air. Not a dowsing, but a baptism that instead of smothering sparks barely smoldering inside us, it stoked them. They grew now that there was air, they burned. Now that there was fuel, they became bright and hot. Now that there was a reason. Whatever happened between us later, if I had had the ability at that moment, I would have bound us there, created a loop in time so we would relive those few hours continuously, consuming only that scent, only our heat, only our desire till we wasted away. To be found days later, knotted up in one another, stiff, stray cinders joining the corner's dust for its next century. Our candle stubs already so nearly spent, those last bits of wax clinging to the wick would have burned brightest together until the end. But now we had air, full-lunged breaths of it. We had a purpose, motivation, hand in hand. We traded suffocation for self-immolation, I think we decided to destroy ourselves with each other that night. Only neither of us realized it until ultimately we'd failed. Harvey recalls a past relationship that burned in spite of and with spite for the commonplace. We got along like a house on fire. My relationship with Jock the Australian never lacked for romance or suspense. I'll say that for it. Jock could charm anyone he felt like charming in any language, and he spoke international English with his hands to an extent that I've never seen anyone else capable of. He said we got along like a house on fire. I had never heard that before. And I had never gotten on with a man like a house on fire before. He was there in Paris, by the way, to join the French Foreign Legion so that he could be trained militarily, so that he could subsequently be of use fighting in a communist revolution in South America. I was as yet unclear on which communist revolution that would be. I didn't know about Zapatismo. Was bored at that time in my life by talk about the North Atlantic Free Trade Agreement. I was there on my way to Greece for a semester abroad and to find out how truly insufficient my, by American standards, very good history and civics education 
was. We were staying in the same five-person room in the Paris hostel with a bar on the first floor. He did not, I repeat, he did not have the look of destiny about him. I didn't think destiny would be that tall. And I certainly didn't think destiny had broad muscular shoulders. I might have been able to imagine a destiny with his angular scruffy jawline. But anyway, in short, I didn't think destiny looked like a jock. And this guy's name was literally Jock. J-O-C-K. I did not hit on him. I can say this with certainty, because before this specific instance, it had not yet occurred to me that I might have any kind of chemistry, sexual or otherwise, with someone who looked like this guy. Chemistry, the ultimate single-issue voter. My friend Marissa told me that once. It's from a book. Thankfully, since Jock, I haven't been afraid to have sexual chemistry with anyone, even someone obscenely good-looking. We talked late into the night one night, and then the next night, too. We shared his bottle of duty-free vodka and caught snowflakes on our tongues in the pocket courtyard between shivering drags of cigarettes held in our hands like Bogart to protect them from the weather. Until it made perfect sense. For a moment, I still could not believe it when he dipped his broad shoulders towards me and kissed me at the top of a long flight of stairs. He charmed keys to an unoccupied room off the night attendant. The mattress was a piece of foam and to make less noise, we pulled it onto the floor into the square of neon and moonlight coming through the window. He ate my pussy exactly like you would think a ravenous 19-year-old Australian communist would, and it was the first time I liked anyone putting their mouth on me. I asked him to come stay with me in Greece, and he moved in with me there three days later. We used fresh olive oil for lube, and our sheets and towels were always filthy. The weather was so nice, we kept the shutters open most of the time when we smoked cigarettes indoors, which was all of the time. We listened to Bob Marley and Cat Stevens and made love a few times a week when he wasn't too depressed about capitalism. But we couldn't make enough love to sustain us, and he yelled at me all the time about politics, despite the fact that we pretty much agreed on everything. He didn't quite say he was going out for cigarettes and then never return. But whenever someone references that trope, I do think of him. Fire cannot grow and flourish without oxygen and being given the room to breathe. This is Mike Marina. It's a choice to leave the fire untended, to let the gumbo cool, leave the spoon in the kitchen, the crumbles, where the cookie didn't break in your favor. Trash can be treasure, but it doesn't have to be yours. 
your responsibility, your obligation. See, relinquishing can be a gate, the gift of an open door, the space to breathe, the blessing of freedom. So if giving away is a gift, what is reclamation? Start with a breath. Inhale, then exhale. The lungs, diaphragm, stretch that voice you haven't heard in a long time. Reclaim it, that voice and the power of choice, then choose. Choose to breathe in the scent of a crush. Tell them about the enchantments that you see in their eyes, how good they look in that outfit. Choose them, that kiss. Choose that kiss recklessly, relentlessly. Choose them, the people that make your heart flutter. Choose them for now or forever. Choose them for a night or a moment. Trace that line from their neck to their chest. Choose to feel them all over. Choose to swallow the words, emotions, thoughts. Swallow as much as you can handle. Choose to stop. Because this is as far as you wanted to go. Choose those boundaries. Claim the strength in your mouth to say no. I want you there. I want you here. I want you now, or I don't want you at all. It's yours now. Recognize it for what it is, the choices that bring your heart up to your throat. Who are you to dare to drive this ship? You are the best person suited to do so. So relight the fire. Grab the spoon from the kitchen, stir the gumbo pot, choose to keep the fire lit, choose to keep moving. Don't forget those choices, even as they leave bitterness, scars, or ashes in your mouth. To reclaim is to step forward, to be conscious of those apprehensive steps. No matter how shaky they are, they are tremendous. And reclamation looks damn good on you. And with that, we come to the end of Esoterotica's On Fire. Some relationships burn so brightly they sear themselves into our realities forever. In this city, some people leave lasting impressions even after the briefest encounters. This week, the New Orleans art community has lost two powerhouses of inspiration, talent, and warmth. Grief and loss are a part of this incomprehensible human experiment. So is creating. We stand on the shoulders of all those who lived undeniably as themselves and burned so brightly in our constellations. Our encounters with you were too brief. Join us in two weeks' time for our theme, Kinky Fucks. From bondage to exhibition, submission to tease, edge play, cuffs, collars, clamps, and control, get ready, because we at Esoterotica truly are some kinky fucks. From now till then, don't be shy about digging into the unusual of what gets you hot. 
If you can't remember when you last felt the freedom to try something new, it may be time. And whatever you may find, remember, consent and communication are so sexy. And I want to send out a special acknowledgement to Mike Marina for hosting our previous episode so beautifully. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Music tonight was Anons by Ketza. If you're able, please drop a tip in the digital hat. We would all appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Esoterotica, Erotica, Erotica from New Orleans. As always, a sign-off from our own, Ame San Savant. Other than that, I know we can't wait to see you so very soon, but in the meantime, stay safe, stay sexy, and get fucked! All of our online shows are produced by Jeff Munsterman and Shadow Angelina. Sound recording and mixing by Jeff Munsterman. All rights reserved by the provocateurs of Esoterotica. Esoterotica.